0: Hello, this is Earth the Kid. Cats have nine lives. Wow! But unfortunately, you have only one. So buckle your seatbelt for safety. Play Let him have it Chris. Let him have it
1: Chris. Let him have it Chris. Let him have it. Chris. Let A buckle, a switch, for everything. That. You're listening to Aerial View worldwide on the
2: internet.
3: How all doing? How you
1: doing? How y'all
0: doing? How y'all
4: doing? you How you doing? many, many times for both the fight pros and the homeschools. <laughs> but we're the nicest in New Jersey and I don't care who we are. Chris, you get out of school. Talk. I'm sick of talking. Don't <laughs> you get out of
0: here. Jesus, we're talking Find how to talk down. to people.
4: That's clear as a mother's oh.
2: old bell. Shut, Shut you up. All right. Yes. Yeah. You might have this man go on the air and deliver a coded message. Shut up, real You're out of your mind. Oh, come on, now, we're
0: going to listen to what he said we're on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time
1: against a man's life. I don't see that in the audience. I
4: can see you're really upset about this. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Come on! Something to look hard. You
0: should be in the shot. You should be in getting laced. Craig, stand up and wiggle your head in
4: oh, I know that guy. But there's no anymore my yeah, own. And I'll smash your face. For you, yobble Get you started, huh? <gasps> Stop Shut
0: Conversation is a
4: two-way street. I'm Stop.
1: No. i I don't get you. I don't get your act at all. And I don't think you do either. I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. You're stupid. I heard it over the radio. Yeah, Real stupid. I'm not just talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationship. I'm talking about... That. The devil, hell, heaven. do you understand? Finally, you will not take me you ever over here now over any other Christmas time. i my voice wherever I pass. I'm a favorite radio personality you
0: know? Most people today don't care less about the radio personalities. I couldn't agree with you more. He's always talking about some radio star i never heard of. You
1: don't like my stories? You don't have to listen to my program. Listen to the radio, find out what's going on. Listen to the talk shows and you will find out what's going on. Oh, Radio. Yes, talk totally. radio.
4: So boring, okay, man. Okay, okay. The car just made Suicide. Like okay. I have an idea now. First name, mister. name, Last name, C. I just hope this man realizes that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby.
1: Blast him! Give him some of that tone. Oh, man. Showtime. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very
2: auspicious beginning.
4: Sure, the talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller. other times he sets him straight.
0: I'm used to luxury cars. Have you ever heard of a luxury car? You know what luxury means? Have you ever heard of Cadillac? Cadillac Eldorado, that's what I drive. I drive cars that shift themselves. My cars shift themselves. They're luxury
4: cars. They shift themselves. Shut up and drive faster! Wanna go for a ride? Wanna go for a ride? Let me go. Let me get this. Let's go for a ride, okay? Well, actually, you'll go for a ride. I'll go for a drive. The person who drives the car, they're the one who goes for a drive. The other people, they go for a ride. People don't know that. Tell them when they're in your car. Say, you assholes are going for a ride. I'm going for a drive,
2: because I'm making the payments on this. Hey, it's me, Chris T., and uh, I am on the New Jersey Turnpike south, just south of Secaucus. I wanted to take this drive in my car, my 1983 Mercedes-Benz 300D turbo diesel with just north of 250,000 miles on it. But I tried to start my car this morning. It's been sitting there at the curb. The jump starter that I bought from Harbor Freight Tools, it didn't do it. It wouldn't start the car. That's how dead the battery is. So I tried this other... Uh, starter that I own. It's a battery charger slash starter. And uh, then I realized I didn't have a ground lift for this stupid extension cord. So then I had to run up to the third floor of the house, get a ground lift, come back down to the garage, plug all that in, drag it out to the car, hook it up to the battery. That also refused to do anything. Uh, I've been going back and forth with this question of whether or not it's time to get rid of it. And I thought a, a a nice long ride, the drive to Point Pleasant should take approximately an hour, 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes, something like that, would let me know whether or not I still think the car is roadworthy. Because that's really what it comes down to: is if I don't feel safe driving it. Everything else is negotiable. I mean, I don't really care. I've I've lived this long with the lack of modern features on that car. The fact that uh. It requires two keys, one key to open a door and one key to start the ignition. And that uh, it's got nothing uh, except for safety belts. It's got no airbags or anything like that. It's it's not that I have fallen out of love with the car. I'm still in love with the car. I just don't know if it's what I want any longer because what I want is reliable, semi-modern transportation and that's not it it's an old car and really the issue with that car is just the uh, the road cancer, the rust that is uh, eating it alive and I don't even care, cosmetic rust is one thing, it's structural rust that bothers me rust of
0: uh, 3.3 miles
2: important body components that shouldn't be rusted That's why I thought with some kind of uh, drive, I could shake things out and see how it felt. And as we speak, a state trooper is crossing, and now it appears the state trooper is getting in behind me, and uh, he's snugged in real close right behind me, and he may be lighting me up at any moment, even though what I am doing is 62 miles an hour. So why he would decide to pull me over, except for the fact the car is bright red, is beyond me. And now he uh, appears he might be changing lanes, and now he is indeed lighting me up. I am being pulled over.
3: Prepare to exit the highway
0: in two miles.
2: I've just been pulled over. I I have my license on me.
3: New Jersey State Police. I need to see your driver's license, registration, and insurance information, sir. As you look for those documents, the reason I pulled you over is because you're using your cell phone while operating the motor vehicle. What's Not the a, reason? It
2: was it a cell phone. It's a recorder. I do a radio show. Okay. And I was, I was recording myself as I was going down the road. It's not a cell phone, it's a recorder. Let me see it. Okay.
3: So you're recording? Yes. All right, let me get those documents anyhow. You got your vehicle in park? Uh, it is. Okay.
2: This is my wife's car, so that's the registration and insurance. That's my license. This is your wife's car? It is. Where are you coming from today? I'm coming from Weehawken.
3: Let me just remove your glasses. Okay. Okay. So, where are you going to Weehawken,
2: New Weehawken? Jersey. Yeah. Where are you heading to now? Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant? Yeah. Okay. What We're kind of TV show are you recording? Um, I'm on Sirius XM. Sirius I'm the, XM? I'm on the trucking channel. The trucking channel? And the outlaw country channel. So oh, I was, country. Yeah. Okay. I I'm on both that. channels. All
3: so. right. All right, just to tell you why I check these documents and then you'll be out of here with a warning, all right? Thank
2: you. This is gonna be a 15-minute layover here. Something tells me. He's getting back out of his vehicle. He's coming back on the passenger side of the car. All right, sir,
3: here hear your documents. Thank you. All right, this is just a warning. All right, All right? It, there are no points, nothing. It's basically it's just recording that the fact that I stopped you. But a word of caution, uh, you're using the the recording device. You have your hand away from the steering wheel. Okay. Okay?
2: Yeah. Usually I set up a microphone and everything. You may so want to do that, especially
3: yeah. uh, during the daylight, you know. Uh, you just got to bring attention to yourself. I hate to give you a, a cell phone violation when, in fact, you're using a recording device. Okay. But it falls in the same realm. All right. And I'm going to explain the same thing I explained to every, everybody that I stopped. Okay. Basically, try to get a device that physically mounts into your dashboard. And you can, you know, project onto it or okay. you can punch into it all right just like you do on your GPS on your on your radio that way you have your, your hands free and you can attend to the steering wheel okay okay
2: yeah
1: thank, thank you officer D-Y. appreciate it take care
3: uh,
2: okay, okay. All right. so yeah my warning says careless driving likely to endanger person or property uh let me put the car back and drive that would be a good idea See if I can get some speed going on on this shoulder. Get back on the highway. Man, do I feel like a dope. What the hell was I saying before that whole detour? Uh, oh, did I tell you why I'm going to Point Pleasant? By the way, that's what I wanted to say before I got pulled over. Is that uh, I'm heading down here to buy a guitar from this guy, Bill who I met at an art show that my wife was part of. And uh, we got to talking, and it turned out he was, like, in these bands in the uh, 70s in New Jersey. And he had a couple of guitars left over from his time in these bands. And I reached out to him recently and asked if he was interested in selling both. He's got a Kramer aluminum-necked guitar. And... Uh, it's apparently like a prototype. One of the earliest ones Roots made.
0: Calculation.
2: And this woman still doesn't know where the fuck I'm going. This GPS Drive 3.4 lady. Miles. Apparently. And uh, the other one is a 73 or 74 Les Paul Custom Black Beauty. The Kramer has a reasonable price on it. The Les Paul, he still doesn't really know how much he wants for it. And uh, I think... From a couple of things he said in emails, he realizes uh, it's a valuable guitar. And so I don't think there's going to be any bargains to be had. He may also be emotionally attached to it. And he doesn't want to let it go. The Kramer, he probably doesn't feel that great about. So uh, all, all I know is I told him I would be there between 11 and noon. And it's currently 1047 so I will still be there between 11 and noon. And that'll do it for me, Chris T. Look at that. We did a roadkill, and I even got pulled over. Have you noticed how
4: wonderful it is, that the way they designed the car? That the driver's door is right out in the middle of goddamn traffic? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, you haven't even gotten in this death machine yet, and you almost died once. What you need is a nice long red light back about a mile and a half. (laughs) Because you need a little time and space to get in your car with a little style and grace.
2: Oh, there's a couple of uh, feral cats right here. They don't seem to belong to anybody. They're not tagged in any way. I've decided to go where I think there will be the least amount of mothers today. It being Mother's Day. And uh, where I am going is Harbor Freight Tools. That's where I'm going. Even though they just sent me an email saying they're having a Mother's Day sale. So, who knows? Maybe there will be mothers there after all. Today's a big day to take your mom out to a restaurant buy her a meal I don't really need anything in particular at Harbor Freight Tools and I'm not even that crazy about that place this is much less about going to Harbor Freight than telling myself I didn't stay indoors all weekend really that's that's what it's about And, like I said, putting a little bit of a charge on this battery. And I enjoy these drives when I get to talk with you. I shouldn't say with. I guess I should say to. Talk to you. I used to like doing these as part of aerial view when I called them roadkill. But, as I stated in a recording I did yesterday, or actually Friday, yesterday was Saturday, right? A recording I did on Friday night. I don't think I can use that title anymore because uh, I looked into it. I did some Googling and um, found out that there's this whole entertainment, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, Empire, Entertainment Empire, all about hot rods and hot rodding your car and racing and that kind of shit. And it's called, yes, Roadkill. So, um, even though I did my first roadkill segment many, many years ago—I probably back in the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties—when I first went driving with a tape recorder, and then it would have been a mini disc machine, and then it would have been some kind of flash recorder. Go around this guy, you fucking moron! You have to... You have to go around this guy. This this guy is... What the fuck? Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, I, I happen to live in a very congested part of the world. So I, I, I long ago got used to there being people everywhere I go. This is not... We're not out in the farmland. This isn't the rural part of the country. So if you, if you don't like people, you're going to have a tough time living here, but yeah, I'm looking for another title for this thing. And I was kicking around ideas having to do with the word diesel, because this is obviously a diesel automobile that I'm sitting in, uh, something like diesel fitter, diesel do some crap like that. And then I realized, you know, sometimes I do this and, and I'm not in this car. I'm, on foot, or I'm traveling in somebody else's car, or I'm driving my wife's car. So, do I want to be stuck with that title? I, and then I'm trying to figure out something that works in any of those situations that connotes a few different ideas. Uh, one of them is, you know, recording out in the field, recording on the move, recording on the go. What the hell do you call that? Dispatches from the road, dispatches from the highway. I don't know. I'm, I'm brainstorming out loud as I get onto Tunnelly Avenue, A.K.A. Truck Route 109 or Route 109 or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's a pretty awful road, I'll admit it. With your used car dealerships, and then uh, over here. Oh look, they took out the trailer park. I just noticed that, man. The trailer park that was right over by the Tunnelly Avenue light rail station is now gone. Now, no more. Weird mixture of businesses on this stretch of uh, Route 1 and 9 here. In what is now, I guess, North Bergen, I've passed into. You've got a bakery, uh, industrial bakery. You've got tire stores. You've got gas stations, auto body, the kitchen cabinet factory outlet. You got the occasional residential home. There's a weird round church over here. Uh, you got a cemetery. Of course, you got a lot of bad driving to go along with it. Let's see, I'm doing about 50 miles an hour. It's probably a 40 mile hour speed limit here. There's something here, a General Electric plant right over here. GE Energy Service Center, whatever the fuck that is. It's really very New Jersey. If you ever wanted to bring somebody from another state to something that you could point to as being, like, real Jersey, I think this would sum it up nicely. Harbor Freight may not be the best destination for me, but it's open on a Sunday, and I have a coupon So that's a compelling enough reason to go there. As for a name for this thing, it's going to happen spontaneously. It's going to pop into my head like that, he said, snapping his fingers. I did a bunch of writing about my mom that is going to end up in the newsletter. And this audio will end up there as well. So I'm not sure I'm going to do a a bunch of talking about my mom. I, I do remember, though, that... Uh, one of the great times to be with my mother was when we were out driving. Like, she, she liked to get in the car and go places. She liked to be behind the wheels. She enjoyed driving. And she used to do this thing where she would make the car dance. When we were over on this stretch of road near the junkyard in Copake, you know, she would get a great pop song going on on the radio and then she would make the car dance. That's what we called it anyway. And we would say to her, make the car dance. Come on, mom, make the car dance. So far, it's been smooth sailing. I don't really want to jinx myself. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot of action here in the parking lot, man. It's pretty much a full up parking lot. This is one of those parking lots where if you were a new driver, I would advise you to stay the fuck out of it because it's kind of crazy. Oh, look at that. There's a 56 Chevy in the parking lot. 56 Bel Air, which uh, I would, I would really be admiring except for the fact that it's a four door and I could give a fuck. I'm sorry. It's a beautiful classic car, and otherwise it should move me, but not so much. All right, here I am at the Harbor Freight Tools.
4: Have you ever noticed when you're driving that anyone who's driving slower than you is an idiot? (laughs) And anyone driving faster than you is a maniac! Say, look at this idiot here Will you just look at this idiot Just creeping along Whoa Look at that maniac Go <laughs> I mean it's a wonder We ever get anywhere at all With all the idiots and maniacs there are Because there's certainly no one Driving at my
2: speed Hey it's me Chris T At 9 in the morning of uh, Wednesday, March 13th. Um, I don't know how well this thing will pick up my voice because uh, I'm actually recording it in my phone. If I had thought ahead, I would have brought an actual recorder with me. And I would have uh, done a little bit of uh, aerial view on the road, what I used to call roadkill. But as it turns out, there are several other shows now named Roadkill. I should have uh, I should have trademarked that shit when I had the chance. So, um, but I, I turned the recorder on because I wanted to make an observation, and uh, I know this is going to sound disingenuous coming from me, but man, I hate being on the phone with people. I mean, Aerial View, obviously a phone-in talk show, and I love doing Aerial View and when people call and we get to chat on the phone, but I hate, for the most part, making phone calls to people and having to be on the phone with people. I I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to. I don't want to have to get on the phone. Um, And uh, this aerial view is actually gonna be pre-recorded because on Friday I've got a thing with a friend and so, uh, we're going to go see some live music, and I can't be home at 6 p.m. on Friday, so you're listening to uh, a previously recorded aerial view uh, done in my car. It used to be one of my favorite things to do was to drive around and talk into a microphone and just talk about the things I saw while I was driving. And right now, I'm looking at the hospital that they took me to when uh, I fell down the stairs a few years ago, backwards, and ended up in a world of pain. Uh, And at this hospital, they managed to dislocate my shoulder when they stuck me into this uh, CAT scan or MRI machine or whatever the fuck it was. And they didn't believe me. They didn't believe that they had dislocated my shoulder. And I sat there with my left arm going numb you know it starts at your fingertips and it kind of works its way up and I had to uh, convince them because I, I, I really thought I was in danger of like losing my arm I was starting to go into this little bit of a panic about how you know I'm losing circulation to my arm and I'm gonna lose my arm and this is really fucked up And so they stuck me, you know, they brought me back into x-ray and they x-rayed me again. And they were like, oh yeah, look at that. Dislocated shoulder. And then they gathered up a team of like eight people and discussed the best way to undislocate my shoulder. And, you know, so like 30 minutes later, after giving me cascading levels of painkillers ratcheting up <laughs> the painkiller effect until I think they finally ended with morphine oh, that's some nice that's a nice set of potholes right there huh they uh, they they managed to work my arm back into place and I'm telling you man if you've ever had a dislocated shoulder it fucking sucks It fucking hurts. And the whole time, you're just sitting there sort of thinking, like, what, you know, can I lose, can I lose my arm because of this shit? Am I going to lose my arm? Which is what was going through my head. Anyway, that was the, that was the hospital. Um. This fucking douchebag. You fucking idiot. Oh, God. Um. Yeah, uh, what's I, I forget what the what it was called when they took me there, but now it's a Hackensack Meridian Hospital over there on River Road in um, I guess it's Weehawken, although it might be the town north, it might be West New York, it might be North Bergen. I don't know. Just don't go there. I I read reviews after the fact of that hospital and they were not good. They were not encouraging. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I would advise, um, you know, unless you're actually like you've impaled yourself on a fence or some such shit and you have no choice. Your non-compass meant this because when the uh, volunteer ambul- ambulance people showed up at our house, I think this was like the first week of October when this happened a couple of years ago. It might even be three years ago at this point. I was asked what hospital I want to go to. You know, and like a lot of people, I was like, take me to the nearest one. I don't know. And I should have said, take me to the one with the best reviews online. Uh, There is the shuttered movie theater over here on River Road. Big old movie theater. They're going to turn that into God knows what. I would think probably more condos. Because uh, I guess that gets you the most bang for your buck, right? If you own a piece of property around here, you don't want to put up retail because retail is dying, supposedly. And uh, you're not going to put up another. You're not going to put up another movie theater. People aren't going to the movies. What are you going to do? You're going to try to get some douchebags to pay you upwards of. Uh, three-quarters of a million dollars to live over here on the river the Hudson River which is one of my all-time favorites I've been banging around this area since 1986 it's hard to believe but 33 fucking years I moved to uh, Tenafly and I wish I could remember what time of year it was Um, it it seemed to me to be the fall but it might have been the spring I don't really know I should try to look in my copious journals and see if I wrote anything about that particular time when I was moving out of my mother's house at the age of, uh, what was I, 23 at the time? And, man, I should have probably left earlier than that. But I didn't. But Opportunity presented itself, a friend of mine who I knew from the music scene, from the hardcore music scene, had a big house in Tenafly, New Jersey, and uh, I could have probably squeezed that lemon. I probably could have gone through that yellow light, but it's a good thing I didn't because here's a pedestrian crossing the street as we speak. and you know, so uh, I found out through this guy's ex-wife that he wanted to rent a room in his house in Tenafly, and it was gonna be $200 a month, which is what I could afford at the time. And um, I took this little bit of money that I had from being rear-ended by a checker cab in uh, Long Island City, Queens. And I moved out, I got the hell out of my mother's house in Lindenhurst out on Long Island and we have one hell of a time I lived there like five and a half years pissing off the neighbors because we obviously kind of brought the whole property value thing down with our antics throwing loud parties being slobs You know, being young guys, early, you know, in their early 20s. Is this Jeep going to go and make a lane change without looking? Um, And for the most part, I lived there alone. The guy that I moved in with, this guy Jeff, he moved out to New Mexico not long after I became his uh, housemate to look after his mother while his father was going back and forth to the East Coast for work. His father was a banker and was traveling back and forth to the East Coast and said, hey, Jeff, I want you to go stay with your mother. At least that's what I think was going on. Who the fuck knows? But he left and he didn't really come back except a couple of times a year. He would come back like during the holidays. He'd come back at Christmas time. He'd come back in the summertime. And he would stay for a week or two, and then he would leave again. So for the most part, I had this big, sprawling house in the bedroom community of Tenafly, New Jersey, all to myself. And it was a great place to live. Um, And probably the nicest place I've lived. You know, I lived up to that point. Uh, And then when that came to an end and the father decided... That they were going to sell the place because I, I mean, I, I think the house had been bought as a gift, wedding gift for Jeff and his bride, this woman Donna, who is now no, no longer with us. Neither one of them are with us any longer. Jeff uh, had a bit of a drinking problem and he ended up falling asleep with a pot of water boiling on the stove and then it ended up dying of smoke inhalation. And Donna had some kind of cancer, I think, blood cancer. So they're both gone. Uh, But at one point, Jeff decided he was going to stay in New Mexico and he wasn't living in this place anymore. And his father said, we got to unload it. And they sold it. And God knows how much they got for it. But I think that was, uh, let's see, I moved in 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 86, thereabouts. I was there like five years. So I think by 92, I had moved out to... Edgewater, New Jersey. I just went past my old block over here under Cliff Avenue in Edgewater and uh, moved into a room in a house with the room had a big picture window. I could lie in my bed and look out at the George Washington Bridge. It was a nice room. I managed to have was it one cat or two cats? I think I had two cats living there with me at the time because uh, in fly Jeff had a cat when I moved in and then I got another cat from a friend of mine so uh, Jeff had left the cats with me and then when I moved I took the cats with me at one point I drove Jeff's cat and my cat down to Asheville North Carolina where Jeff's parents had moved to and um, he took the cats But I lived in that room in Edgewater with a succession of transient housemates who were attracted by the low rent. I'm sure I don't think uh, any of the rooms and I think I paid like 450 for my room. So uh, there was the room upstairs where I lived. There was another room upstairs where the landlord lived and there was a room downstairs off of the kitchen. And that was probably the cheapest room in the house. And then there was common areas. It was a weird house, kind of, you know, something that had been built and then added on to repeatedly. And it didn't really look very interesting architecturally. And, you know, there wasn't a yard to speak of. You really couldn't go out in the backyard. I don't even know if I had access to the backyard if there was one. Um, So really, I was kind of just in my room, and then I would go into the kitchen to make a meal or something, but you were never alone if you were in the kitchen. It was always the person in the room off the kitchen, and it was just a weird arrangement, and especially, you know, with the landlord living there. Some people just can't drive to save their fucking lives. I swear to God. Um, But it was cheap. And it was convenient. And I forget where the hell I was working at the time, but you know, I couldn't drive to work and come home and park. And Edgewater was a different place then, man. They didn't they hadn't built up the waterfront like they, they have now. And my local bar was this great bar overlooking the Hudson River with a brilliant view of uh, um, the Upper West Side of Manhattan and Harlem and the George Washington Bridge. And you could sit at the bar and look out at the city, and it was full of, you know, people who worked for a living, blue-collar types. It was a blue-collar bar called The Lookout. And in the summer, they set up a bar outside, and they had clams, fresh clams and seafood. And uh, there was a two-story structure attached to the bar where they actually had rooms you could rent and live in. And for a while there, I thought I would move in there. I thought, like, how cool would it be to be in this house with a view of the Hudson? Better view than I had. That's connected to a bar (laughs) and a restaurant. Years later, they turned it into this upscale French place. And now I see the French place is out of business. And they're turning it into some kind of European gastropub. Uh, either way, it's it's not a blue collar joint anymore, and I Edgewater's not a blue collar town anymore either. All this shit, you know, the good money's driving out the bad money, as they say. That's what happens. So I spent like two and a half years in Edgewater, and um, I have been going back and forth to Hoboken, which, like every day, because all my friends lived in Hoboken. My best friend lived in Hoboken, and I had been going back and forth to WFMU, which at the time was in West Orange, the uh, actually East Orange, I should say, the house that we moved into eventually. Um, but those were the two sort of uh, the two poles that my life spun around. And uh, one day, a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, there's this apartment for rent around the corner from me. And it was on Adams Street by um, 6th Street in Hoboken, just north of 6th Street. And I went and looked at it. It was a nice apartment, railroad apartment, no air conditioning. They didn't have good enough electric, not enough amperage for air conditioning. But the rent was like $575 a month. Which I could afford and uh, I really couldn't I didn't want to stay in it ed- in uh, Edgewater anymore because I didn't have privacy so I moved into this railroad ground floor apartment in Hoboken and I was there almost 13 years putting up with that place oh my god I mean I set up my apartment pretty nice it was a pretty interesting apartment Um, but, you know, you could walk in the front door and see all the way to the back door. Sorry, I'm getting on the Palisades Parkway and I'm having to do it swiftly. But, you know, that was a tough place to live, too, because everybody thought I I had the superintendent's apartment. Everybody thought I was the super, so, um... You know, they would buzz my buzzer to get let into the building and I would have to go out and see who the person actually was and ask what they wanted. And then they, you know, sometimes they would knock on my door thinking it was the superintendent. superintendent was the landlord's sister who lived like on the top floor and she had this near-to-well son who was always in trouble with the law. So periodically when my buzzer would buzz and I would go and look who, who was at the front door. In the vestibule, it would be a bunch of Hoboken police officers wanting to be let into the building. And I would let him in. What are you going to say, no? I can't let you in? Now, one time, they chased this kid into the building, the superintendent's sister's son. And I guess he was a purse snatcher or some goddamn thing, and he had run up to the roof. I remember that. But he was a weird kid, man. He used to pace in the so-called backyard, which was a paved lot, really. They had paved the entire backyard in concrete. And uh, there was not a single blade of grass anywhere to be found in this backyard. And he would go back there and he would smoke cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. And uh, you would see them. Like, occasionally I would step out into the backyard. I, I didn't have permission to go into that backyard either, but sometimes I would go out there Um, And it would just be cigarette butts as far as the eye could see like he never Picked up his cigarette butts. He just left them there to accumulate And uh, for years and years and years I I didn't have air conditioning because again They didn't have the right amperage to support air conditioners So during the summer it would get brutally hot in there You could put a fan in the front window and a fan in the back window and it did little to nothing And I remember like six years or so after I moved in, they finally upgraded the electricity and I was able to get a window air conditioner. And then I worried constantly that someone was going to push in the window air conditioner and break into my apartment. So the, uh, yeah, there were a succession of people coming and going from that place too. There were assholes that moved in and had loud parties and then at one point there was this cute uh, turned out to be a flight attendant who moved in across the hall from me and um, for a while there I thought might be a romantic interest and I think we might have even gone out at one point and then just as quickly as she moved in she moved out again it was weird And uh, 12 and a half years later to almost 13 years later, I moved out to the current place we live in, Weehawken. And we've come to love that town and love that place and love our little neighborhood, even though our neighbors keep coming and going. I mean, nobody's there any longer from, uh, I shouldn't say that, there are a few neighbors who are still there uh, and we appreciate that but a lot of people have moved the hell out and it's weird. Find yourself uh, with brand new neighbors constantly. Well, here I am on the lovely Palisades Parkway northbound, which thanks to Mamie Eisenhower doesn't have any billboards on it. One of the reasons I like driving on the Palisades and the other is like during the winter you can see through the trees Get the view ah there's the Alpine Tower the first FM radio tower anywhere put up by the inventor of FM major Edwin Howard Armstrong in the 1930s I believe and now home to uh, all kinds of radio stations used to be able to drive onto the property and visit it and you can't do that anymore It's all uh, gated and locked, but I did drive up there one time and went and visited the little um, building at the base of the tower and spoke to one of the the caretakers there or whatever whatever the hell the guy was. I'm not sure who he was, and he gave me a little bit of a tour, and I got to look at some old broadcasting equipment, and it was cool, but I can get a good view of it now because, uh, again, the trees are bare, and it is festooned with antennas and it, it's a rather large transmission tower it really should be landmarked if it's not um, and I got to say Major Armstrong was prescient in where he put it because it's on this um, you know on the on top of the Palisades high above the Hudson River we're a hundred feet above the Hudson River it's got really good elevation and from the top of that tower you get a great sight of Manhattan. I think somewhere online there's actual footage of uh, Major Armstrong climbing on that tower.
4: Some things break easy, don't they? Some things just come right off. Radio knobs in a car. God, they're fragile. Just trying to tune something in. Just trying to find something you can tolerate. Holy shit, came right off, look at that throw that mother away <laughs> give me one out the bag i got about 80 of them down there thank you man. and you wind up listening to something just the other side of the glove compartment
1: hey guy hey how are you yeah sorry i missed your call man i was inside
2: that's okay i realize you're a busy truck driver I'm an old truck driver. Well, that's better than being a dead truck driver.
1: Yeah, I, I'm worried about that. I how close I was getting. Everybody I know is dying off,
2: man. Yeah, you're getting to be that age, right?
1: Well, you know, we're losing Walter. You remember Walter, don't you?
2: Walter Two Horses, yeah. Yeah. What happened?
1: Well, he went to the vet last month for his, you know, checkup and stuff. They gave him a little bit over a year and a half.
2: What does he have? Like cancer or what?
1: Stage you know, stage three uh lung cancer.
2: Shit. Yeah, that's what killed my sister. Was the lung yeah. cancer. Yep. So yeah, he's a little bit upset because
1: he's never smoked or anything, man.
2: So how do you think he got it?
1: Uh it just happens. I mean It's one of them things you can't explain. I mean, yeah, I mean, how can I beat my age? And I watch everybody else die, and I'm healthy as a horse.
2: Well, a lot of it is genetics, you know. And yeah, then, I mean, I, yeah, yeah
1: I, I just, I just saw my doctor here yesterday and stuff. Had chest X-ray last time I was home and everything stuff. She says the chest X-ray, X-ray looked good. She says, "Hell, I'm healthy as a horse outside. my high blood pressure, a little bit of cholesterol." She says, "Other than that, you're doing fine. Don't worry about nothing."
2: And how old are you now? 75. 75. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Well, uh, you know, my sister didn't smoke either, but she did a lot of uh, stained glass window shit, you know, which involved lead solder. And we think the the lead solder might have given her cancer. So did Walter do anything like that? Was he around any chemicals? No, no. You
1: know, yeah, you know, Walter's a practicing medicine, man. He pretty much stays away from anything bad
2: boy. It. Right. It's always it's, funny because it's like you could have the gene, and if it doesn't get turned on by your environment, then you don't get sick, you know? Yeah, it's, you know,
1: it's just one of them things, I guess. I mean, my, everybody tells me, like, you yeah, know, well, I've got long duties, my family stuff. I think about my dad, my grandfather. I know your are I'm not looking forward to that.
2: You're not looking forward to what? Living to an old age?
1: Well, my grandfather was 104. My dad was 98.
2: Yeah. So you don't want to live to an old age? What am I going to do at that age, Chris? You write your memoirs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they'd have to be censored by the
1: CIA, I think.
2: Well, that's the problem with living to an old age is everybody you know, like, goes away. They take a dirt nap, you know? And you're pretty much left on your own.
1: Well, it's like, I mean, it's getting even worse. I mean, I listen to the radio stuff. Hell, everybody I grew up with listening to on the radio and everything, you know, as far as singers and performers, hell, they're dying off like flies. You know? know, most, Most of them are younger than I am.
2: None of us are going to get out of this thing alive, man. That's just the way it is, you know? I keep wondering how much time I have left, and I'm only 59, you know? Yeah,
1: I wish I was 59
2: again. You know, uh, I'm struggling a little bit here because, you know, the store that I opened uh, last November, it looks like uh, I'm not going to be able to stay in that location, much longer, and I'm gonna have to find a new place to put it, or I'm gonna have to close it, or put it online, or God knows what, you know. So, the, yeah, well, the thing with my cousin is not working out so well. She keeps telling me she doesn't know if it's good for her business to have me downstairs. So, you know, I she hasn't given me a date that I have to get out by, but you know. At some point, I'm gonna have to get out. Yeah, she's uh, got
1: what? An antique shop upstairs?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's she's worried you. Yeah, she's worried you shop's to draw the customers away from her, huh?
2: Exactly. Yeah, she thinks she's losing business because of me, which I don't agree with. You know, I don't think that's what's going on. I think I'm actually bringing people in there that might not otherwise go. You know, so
1: yeah. Oh, uh, you know, you might have to send somebody down to, the, you know, impress that, impress, put that impression upon her
2: mind, you know. <laughs> well, it's tricky because it's my cousin, you know, and I, I, I mean, I can't, can't do that, you know. As much as I'd like to, I can't do that. <laughs> so, you know, I got to figure something out with her, and and I, you know, today I'm going up north, but I'm taking my time and I'm trying to find check out these other little towns along the Hudson River, see if there's something else, you know, that I can do. But uh, yeah. anyway, so what else yeah, is... Go ahead. That's the part of having a conscience, man. Conscience getting the waste sometimes. Yeah, it certainly does. And, you know, I mean, I wish that I could sit down and reason with her or maybe offer her a little bit more money on the rent or just figure something out so I didn't have to... Think about packing all this shit up, you know, and Send moving her a snake it. In a box. What was that? Send a snake in a box. Send her a snake in a box. Hmm. Sure. Hmm. What a great idea. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know me. I'm, I'm I'm more of the direct type. I, you know, I I don't have any uh, compassion, I guess.
2: Yeah, but even with family, I mean, is that what you would do with your family?
1: They interfere with your business? Yeah. They're not family anymore. They're competition. I guess.
2: I guess. Well, wow.
1: What else is... That, that's what you love about me. I'm, I'm you not know, an orthodox.
2: No, you're certainly not.
1: So, what? anything else to do in your world? Um, you know, watch my grandkids grow up. Now, my great-grandkids, you know, try to keep that mean little kid out of trouble.
2: And is that working?
1: Ah, uh, so-so.
2: Yeah. She, you know,
1: she's, she's at that terror stage.
2: Well, is she still in California?
1: Yeah, basically. Unless like she
2: comes over here to Arizona visit. Didn't you say you were going there to visit her at some point? I get over
1: there maybe once every couple months of a couple three four hours. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to take vacation here next year. Go to start this together. Oh, nice. But, you know, my, my problem is, probably, uh, you know, she's, you know, well, it's, it's actually my fault. You know, I, I caused it like you. She's got motorcycle fever. Okay. I just got to, I just got to get her into her head that she needs to control that throttle.
2: Oh, is she getting speeding tickets?
1: No, she ain't getting none.
2: Mm. But it's
1: only a matter of time.
2: hmm well, you know, once you start paying some of those things, it'll tend to slow you down.
1: Yeah, but you know, if I try to slow it down before it happens, maybe I'll, it'll help her.
2: Well, you know, I know people who up here who have been riding for many, many years. They're very, you know, they're they're very conscious and aware and and careful and you know, even those people things happen to them you know people turn left in front of even the careful riders so you know but certainly speeding is not a good idea in any form i i'm guilty of it myself but you know nowadays i try to just keep up with the traffic and the traffic's always going 15 20 miles over the speed limit
1: yeah well you know, you know she's, terrible, right? you know, she's a terrible highway out here in that sports dirt. and you know it's getting closer and closer to her getting that pan head, and I just, you know, concerned myself about what she gonna do once she gets that panhead.
2: <laughs> well, you gotta teach her the right way. You gotta teach her how to stay alive on that damn thing, you know? Well, definitely. Well, that's
1: why I got a sports to learn on. And she's doing real good. Hell, she's had it three years now, and so you no, know, you know, no, no accidents, no major accidents or problems or anything. She takes care of it real good. That's what I wanted to see. How well she took care of her, you know, before I passed that panhead down.
4: You know those things you don't shake off right away? Like when you almost got killed by the big tractor-trailer truck? (laughs) And you had to pull over for 20 minutes and not do anything but listen to your (laughs) heart?
2: Hey, Siri. Send a text. What do you want to say to Janet? I just hit Hoboken, period. Gonna hit the bank on the way home, Period should be home by
1: 4:30. It says, I just hit Hoboken. Gonna hit the bank on the way home. Should be home by 4:30. Send it?
2: Yes.
4: Done. By the way, use everything on your car, you know what I mean? It's yours, fuck it, you paid for the car, use everything, man. Flip your sun visor, even on a cloudy day, who knows? Flip it over here, flip it up and down, flip it on the side like the French people do. Flip the other one, even if no one is there. Open the ashtray, push in the lighter, even if you don't smoke, turn all the knobs, have a lot of fun. Put your hand out the window, tell people to stop, you have power, power, stop, hold on. You, stop, and then let one person go, okay, you can go, not you, you go, okay, hey. Fuck it, have a little fun, you paid for the car, you know what I mean?
0: Dessert the cake again. Back to remind you to take your belongings with you and to get a receipt from the driver. Have a perfect day.